Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit with the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! <laughs> Welcome to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. In the studio with me, co-host Paulette Stout, in her usual, uh, <laughs> one of her usual funny moods. She's such a lot of fun to have here. The show is different when Paulette is here. She's already been I'm off so to, glad. A, <laughs> to a fine start, munching on her French fries and, uh, and laughing with the uh, new people she just met. And I'm excited to have guests in the studio for the first segment uh, today. Usually we start with the news, but uh, we have some special guests. Actually, I'm um, wearing the only medal I've ever worn around my neck. No, actually, that's not true. Clayton Fredericks did let me hand the, oh, the okay. silver medal from the Olympics around my neck. But anyway, this is very nice. We have another one here. We're going to talk about them in just a minute. Uh, I'm going to introduce to you our special guests this week. We have Mary Phelps and Wayne Humphreys here. Um, your husband, yes. ballast on the back, yes. um, <laughs> sent me your um, your resume and so I can list them all off. A longtime equestrian journalist, photographer, uh, website owner. Um, did I miss any? And uh, with Markel, I work with Markel Corporation. That's right. Yes, I know. I looked at your, yeah. I looked at your Facebook page. It looked a little bit like mine. Yeah, exactly. It was like, how yeah. many hats do you wear? So, welcome to the show. Lovely Thank to you. have you here with us. Um, you're recently back from Hungary. A week. Yeah. It's been a week. Yeah, that we've been back, and we were there for. We were in the Netherlands for three months. Wow. So wow. we brought four ponies, two carriages. To the Netherlands. Five do, you, do you need a groom? <laughs> yeah, we did. Actually, we 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 were handling it, but we had a lot of help. At uh, the we were at um, the stable of Chardon, uh, Bram Chardon and his father Icebrand Chardon. Chardon is the current European champion and also won the World Cup Indoor Championships 2018-2019. So he uh, was our trainer, and we lived there for three months and immersed ourselves in that life. And uh, wow, how yeah, incredible! It was. It must be just a totally different lifestyle. Yes, it is. No, I wouldn't say totally because it's horses. It's horses, right? But um, it was amazing. It was. So really you took the Shetland ponies. Four of them. Four of them over. How did they settle in over there? They were great. We flew. Um, we went with Brookledge and uh, shout out for Brookledge love and, them and um, yeah and we went to um, Atlanta there you can now fly out of Atlanta um, to Europe and we were on a cargo plane Wayne I, I flew with the ponies and another friend of mine from um, South Carolina she had four ponies I had four ponies and we were on a cargo plane so we were the only passengers along with the the professional groom and they were great they handled it just fine and it's actually they go in little boxes right yep they go three in, to a box three to a box three to a That's box a, like a straight stall and uh you load them on the ground 
and then roll them out and they go up on a platform and get slide into the cargo plane and they were fine. And, and we can actually be airing for you some uh, little clips of the video of the of the ponies in action. Uh, they're amazing. That little fun video you sent, um, just incredible to see them go. And, uh, and we, we can share a little bit of that if you're joining us on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I totally you can see yeah. that. That yeah. is uh, yeah. it's incredible. So there, this is this is Bram on the back. I was so amazingly lucky to have one of the greatest drivers in the sport. Um, as my navigator, right? And he trained with me all year. That's my little mare, Kimba, on the left, and uh, Al Capone on the right. Al Capone, I like yeah. that. That's really And we good. have Bugsy Maloney and we have Tony DePony. So. <laughs> Great name. Mary and the gangsters. Flying Gangsters. Yeah. How and incredible. And Kimba's been described by some as a party in a harness. Yeah, <laughs> that's her Ozzy in a harness. Yeah, see so your tail going and. Uh, I think it must be incredibly f good fun to learn this. It, it really is. It's really mean, exciting. So many levels it is, you know. They're mm -hmm. just. And these ponies. Um, I brought Kimba along for the ride. I really, I have, Tony is my new pony, and I, um, but he's young, and we, and I said to Bram, just give Kimba a chance, because mm -hmm. she's my little pet, and um, she loves it. She loves the marathon, and she loves the cone, and together with Al, you do the dressage part too, right? Yeah. Yeah, you have to. And combined driving, it's like um, it's like combined training, and it's actually a sport that was started by Prince Philip when he was mm -hmm. president of the FEI, mm -hmm. and it's based on combined training, eventing, mm -hmm. and so we have a dressage test, um, and then uh, we do a lot of movements and transitions, one-handed, holding the lines and. And uh, figure eight one and different things. Next competitor cones. Mm -hmm. So, so we did the dressage, which was okay. It wasn't that great. We were kind of in the lower third, and um, then we did the marathon, and we moved up to nineteenth place, I think it was. Mm -hmm. So we were in the middle Out of the of pack. Out of thirty-eight here. from sixteen countries. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. there are how many? 40? There were 38, 38. pairs. Wow. In our division, there were single pairs and foreign hands at the Pony World Championships. So this, so we went in and we began the cones round here and I can kind of take you through it. And that's Wayne, my ballast on the back. Ballast on the back, he said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's uh, one. Yeah. And the cones are set the width of your wheels plus 20 centimeters. Mm -hmm. So that means about four inches of clearance on each side. So not very much. Not these, very much. These are oh, nice no. animated ponies. Is there a specific um, a line that you have? You mean driving? Uh, no, breed-wise. Like, oh. um, yeah, these are classic American Shetlands. So it's a breed. It's a mm -hmm. it's an and it's an actual registered breed, and um, it's what it is is it's the Shetland with the Hackney. I was going to say they don't look like the Shetlands. Yeah. I, I had when I was there. I can see that yeah. they're, they're they were fine, not very graceful. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see here the very sharp turns. The sequence was the toughest in the whole course. Yeah, so you can see that, uh, and we have been practicing that at Chardon's. They have had a cones course set up, and 
really taught me how to do it. When we were warming up for this, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I'm going to send my the, the wave. We're cantering that. That's amazing. I'm going to send my mom a picture of these and say, "What do you think these are?" She's not going <laughs> to guess that's a Shetland. I can tell you right now. Is there? Is there? Is there There's Kimba with her tail up. You know. Is so. there lines of these specific in the pedigree that are better than other lines? I don't know that much about the bloodlines uh, in the in the Shetland. I just ended up getting them from mm -hmm. a friend of mine, mm -hmm. and um, and I had started with Tony. I mean Bugsy and Al, and then what happens is people say, "I know where there's a pony that has the same colors as yours." Kimba, the mare on the left, she was at the Kentucky Horse Park. Mm -hmm. She was a rescue. And she was a rescue. Yep, she was taken from, yeah, she was a rescue and turned into a Kentucky rescue and they called the horse park and they said, we have some cute ponies here that aren't just backyard ponies. Look at her prancing there. And this is a serpentine where you go back and forth. <laughs> oh my gosh, And then you charge because you have a sprint. Mm -hmm. And so you go up to, and we're getting to the end of the course. So it's 17. 17 yeah. And we're actually at the end of the segment, okay. so that was perfect timing. Perfect. So, uh, yes, we have got to go uh, go to break, but we're actually going to come back and uh, and chat some more. And, Super. And Wayne has a great story as well that he shared with me. So uh, I got I've got to get filled in on that and uh, and our listeners too. So stay with us on the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. We'll be right back. This show is presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital, one of the top equine hospitals in the USA with services including ambulatory, surgery, sports medicine, reproduction, and with doctors on call 24 hours a day. Check them out now at petersonsmith.com. The opinions of the hosts and guests on the host talk show are not necessarily that of Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. This show is brought to you in part by Horse Boxes USA, the newest and most advanced way to safely transport your horses in style. Horse Boxes USA comes standard with a backup camera, horse cabin camera, and dual fans. Visit them at JJ Tack Shop on Highway 40 in Ocala or online at horseboxesusa.com. This show is sponsored in part by All In Removal. Like jockey and horse, shavings delivery and manure removal go together naturally and are the green natural solution too. All In Removal offers a great way to save you money combining the two services of quality pine shavings delivery and manure container rental and removal. Great service, great quality and the green choice too. Like All In Removal on Facebook now or go to allinremoval.com for more information. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. .com. This show is sponsored in part by Earthsong Ranch, improving and restoring health since 1998 for the health of your horses, dogs, and cats with natural probiotic-based supplements, herbal dewormers, all-natural fly sprays, joint supplements, plus Earthsong Ranch is a great resource for health information. Find Earthsong Ranch on Facebook or at earthsongranch.com. 
Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio with me. I have top equestrian and co-host Paulette Stout, and we have a couple of special guests here. Actually, rather excited to have um, some drivers here. I don't think we've done that before, and it's uh, a very interesting learning experience for me as well. We have uh, Mary Phelps here with us, and Wayne Humphreys, husband and wife team, on the uh, on the cart together. He's the ballast on the back, and uh, she is certainly an expert driver. Seeing those ponies in action was incredible. Well, hopefully, we can see the rest of that video but I've got to ask you guys about these. Yeah. Well, let's get them the right way around. We, uh, our goal for the past two years was to train and qualify to compete for the United States at the FEI World Driving Championships for Ponies. And we qualified and went over there and trained in the Netherlands and then the championships were in Hungary. Kisbeer, Hungary. And uh, I went there just, my goal was to get in the top half if I could, uh, but I, I, I didn't have podium pressure, really. <laughs> but um, we got there and we did, had a super marathon, and Bram Chardon, my trainer, was on the back in the marathon. And then we went to Cones, which is sort of like the stadium jumping phase of three-day event for driving. And uh, as you saw in the video, we were rolling right along <laughs> through it. And I kept thinking, I'm not hearing any balls drop. <laughs> Maybe we're clear so far. I can't believe it. And we went through the finish line, and the announcer said, and Mary Phelps was clear. A little bit of time penalties was all it was, and so I finished the Pony Driving World Championships in style. But we were in the middle of the pack, and there were a lot more to go. So I figured, you know, someone's going to come along and do a double clear. Well, they didn't. And sure enough, the top ten went, and balls were falling, and people were having time penalties, and there it was on the top of the... <laughs> leaderboard with American flag, Mary Phelps, and oh, it, yeah, it was amazing. It was just amazing, and uh, the best cones I ever drove, and uh, and it counted. Congratulations! There. Yeah, it was How great. Incredible. And then we got to be on the podium together for the awards, and yeah, and and it was just a real special moment. And if I may add, it wasn't a fluke because we did one warm-up event in, in Holland oh, three weeks before. And <laughs> the warm-up event was the Dutch National Championships. And there, Mary with the, with the two ponies from Cones came in se second of all the Dutch and of the singles, pairs, and four in hand, she was third. So she was right at the top of the Dutch. <laughs> so and we so were, you were peaking, is what yeah. you were doing. Yeah. And we, we were on the podium as first for cones, mm -hmm. second was Dutch, third was Dutch, and fourth was Dutch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was great. And, um, and I can't say enough about the quality of the training that we had working with the Chardons. It was a very, it's a very busy, busy menage. They call it a menage. It's a busy stable with over 150 horses and driving ponies on 
bicycle paths in Holland with a canal on this side and oh my gosh all the tests yeah <laughs> and going out in the road and they're they're used to horses there they don't slow down or anything so we the ponies really got used to a lot of stuff a lot of stuff yeah, yeah. exposed to a lot so of now they're yeah. even better here Wayne uh, yeah. tell us about um, your late wife's pony that uh, well he's now pony in mine uh, and he was actually born in Wales and oh, we imported him from England, so you would like that. I would indeed. I um, love Wales. When he was when he was three years old, but uh, he won um, the Pony Driving World Championships as a single pony in 2005. And just how special Mary is that I mean, there have only been since 2000 that I know of four people that have won an individual phase. Mary being one in the cones. And when Bouncer won in 2005, he was the first in, in all the history from the United States to ever get an individual gold. And there's only yeah. ever been one after him, a pony pair that was two years after that. So, and um, he's, he's an old guy and he's still doing well. He's 23. And he li lives here in Marion County. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's so awesome. And he's a briar pony. He's a briar pony? He certainly is. Yep, he's a briar pony. Um, and uh, it's it's a model that's discontinued, but you can still search for it. You can it still get it. it. And, yep. oh, yeah. Oh, how incredible. I know. So and he, what about blessing the ponies? Oh, that's a great story. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, we, we go to a very, very small church in Micanopy, the Episcopal Church there, and we talk to our, our priest and said we'd like to have the ponies blessed and he said well we'll bless the ponies and the people and um so he came over he was in his robes and and we had so of course we had to have a party and there were about 60 people at the party and mm -hmm. and the ponies were still in quarantine so nobody could be within 30 feet of them and <laughs> took them out into the paddock and he stood outside of the paddock and blessed them and blessed us and that started the trip, and the whole trip was perfect. Look at that. Prayer works. Yes, it does. Yeah, it was very It was so special. It really was. And everyone was holding hands and, um, yeah, praying. Oh, and it yeah. was, and they all said, this is a good idea. We ought to do this before we go. He had a whole service that was all printed out, and everybody had, had the, the printout. Yeah. It was awesome. That's yeah. so fantastic. So that's how we started our journey. That's a good way to start a journey. Yeah. I can't think of a better way. Yeah. How wonderful is that? And then the, the accomplishments, just incredible. Just amazing. Wow, yeah. so proud of you guys. The smallest ponies in the whole competition. And I was one of the oldest drivers. So I was against 22-year-olds and 23-year-olds. And I've only been driving about 10 15. I've only had these ponies five or six years. I've been a photographer and journalist my whole life, a horse show photographer. I photographed a lot of eventing and a lot of dressage and um, have done that. And then I finally got a chance to do it myself. And I can't say enough about combined driving. It's such a fun sport. The people are great. And, um, and you, you know, you can share it. You, when you're driving, like you can come along and I'll take you for a ride. I want to go for a ride. Yeah. <laughs> I won't go as fast as that, but if you want me no, to No, I want I to go fast. <laughs> okay. I, look, yeah. I grew up in England. Sure, yeah. We so drive fast, no we do everything fast. No, yeah. I, I would love that. Oh, yeah. Oh, and God. it's great. You know, you can bring people along and I, I've done mm -hmm. 
interviewed people and mm -hmm. had people come and visit. And that would be fun. And just you as we, yes. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. that would be so fun. So we need a cameraman. And we've competed at Live Oak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We competed at Live Oak through Well, three, that's four what times. I wanted to say. When he walked in, I said, I know him. Yeah, and I've I was at Live at Oak when I was helping somebody. I was braiding some horses at Live Oak for the Live Oak International. Yep. And I saw those ponies, and I wandered over to him, and I asked him, I said, what, what breed of ponies are they? He said he was Shetlands. And I was like, really? Wow, they, they're, they're amazing looking. Well, we have 30 <laughs> seconds left, so we have to wrap it up. But you're going to be at the Ocala Jockey Club. Yes, we're doing a demonstration at the Ocala Jockey Club at around lunch break on um, Saturday, the, the 16th, 16th. Mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to give them a show. It's going to be a good one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we'll give them a show. That's amazing. And your minister came from Virginia and did your wedding at... Grand Oaks, is that right? Yes. Yes. I love Grand Oaks. Sh shout yes. out for Grand Oaks and yeah. Katie. Yeah. If you're listening, you better be listening, Katie. Yes. I love Katie from Grand Oaks. She's wonderful. That's a beautiful place. Oh, yeah. It is. A wonderful place. We love oh. living here. We're happy to be here and and uh, really honored to for you to have us here. Well, we're really happy you're here. And I could talk to you all day, so you'll have to come <laughs> back um, for sure. But I want to thank you so much for joining Great. us on the show. Thank you Just for having Ilana, us. And congratulations. Thank you for letting me wear your medal. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm very, very proud of both of you and um, really you. appreciate you coming thank in you. To, to see us today. And, and talking of the Ocala Jockey Club, imagine that. We have uh, an eventer here to talk to us uh, coming up after the break. We will be talking to John Holling and uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about the upcoming exciting international event that is a qualifier for the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games and we are going to chat to him for a couple of segments so stay with us on the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. We'll be right back.
This show is sponsored in part by Equisin. When visiting the horse capital of the world, you want to stay at a hotel that reminds you of what you love about Ocala, the horses. Stay tuned to this show for announcements about the renovations to be completed fall 2019 at the Equisin by following them on Facebook and Instagram at Equisin. This show is sponsored in part by Innova Wellness Spa, committed to providing the best, most advanced options available in the beauty and wellness for their valued patients. Find them on the web at InnovaWellnessSpa.com or like them on Facebook now to learn more about their non-invasive aesthetic enhancement procedures for the most amazing results. Our Facebook broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms. The Larson Farms mission is simple, to be the leader in quality and value. Richard, owner of Larson Farms, is committed to a positive attitude, integrity, dedication, quality, and teamwork. Larson Farms is committed to being your supplier of Idaho's finest alfalfa, a complete line of mixed and grass hay. Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's Finest Alfalfa. I'm your host, Louisa Button. In the studio with me, I've got my crazy co-host this week, Paulette Stout. With a hot mic. With a hot mic, yes. <laughs> Actually, his name's John. <laughs> Sorry, that was funny. I couldn't help bump. it. Oh, yes, that was good, wasn't it? <laughs> Sorry, his wife's still laughing. I'm not in trouble. <laughs> Uh, I have top presenter here with us, uh, John Holling. We've had him on the show before. He has ridden at some incredibly famous events like the Rolex Kentucky three-day event, Bergley Horse Trials, uh, the World Cup eventing finals in Sweden, and many others. He's uh, one of our top eventers in the area. We love having all these amazingly uh, incredible accomplished riders here in the horse capital of the world. John, it's lovely to have you back on the show with us. Thanks for having me back. It's always a good time. It's wonderful. Tell us how you got started in eventing. Um, oh man, I mean, I got started in eventing when I was probably 14 years old. I grew up actually, funny enough, riding at BZ Madden's parents' stable in my oh, hometown. Really? Yeah, cool. small world. That's cool. I mean, how, how we're from the same area is beyond me, because it's not a terribly horse, horsey area. Um, but the short version of the story is that the hunter girls at the barn were very mean. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> and so, it's because they can't go fast enough. Well, I think it's because I was the only boy. And so I would ride in the lesson, and I had like an Arab Quarter Horse Morgan cross that wasn't actually a very good jumper. And so they would love to sort of laugh and snicker while I was going. Um, and so then the next week I would switch out of that lesson so I could like have some sanity and actually ride. Um, and they would switch into my spot. The next week. So after a summer of doing that, I realized that girls were mean. <laughs> and I moved to eventing, <clears throat> to an eventing barn with uh, a lady named Ann Jennings. And the rest is kind of history from there. It just, I loved it. It was great fun. Um, and I, after getting into eventing, decided that the girls were actually okay. And, yeah. you know, years later, discovered the horse show girls were pretty nice, too. So it's, it's fine. Now I've forgiven them. You've well, forgiven them. Yes. They were making you tough for this kind Absolutely. of thing. Absolutely. They hardened me. I didn't like it at the time, but they hardened me for they, sure. They got you all ready. For yeah. The, yes, yeah for the, exactly. For the toughened time. me up. Toughened you up. Yes. So how did you get so successful? What do you attribute that to? Now, I know you, um, Paul Delbrook is a dear friend of mine. And uh, and I, I read that you were uh, you were w trained with him and Peter. Yeah. And uh, Paul, if you're, I know you're probably watching because John is on. Hi. <laughs> Friends. Um, so when I was 19 years old, I went away to be a working student for them, and um, 
it was without a doubt the best thing I could have done. Um, it was hard. They were, you know, demanding and detailed, and I would say that, um, you know, if I had to pick out one person who sort of set me on track, it would be Peter and Paul. I guess it'd be two people, but yes, um, they they are the, their program is the basis for my program is everything that I do, and obviously over the years I've ridden with some other amazing horsemen um, and women. Um, so I've adapted it and changed little bits here and there, but really the skeleton of what I do with my horses on a daily basis and the way that I train them and deal with them is all based on um, Peter and, and Paul's program. They are wonderful people. Absolutely. I can't wait to see them at the Jockey Club. I know that they'll be uh, both be there. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about how important it is to you to have the basics on, on a horse before you and, and when you have a student that comes to you that's having problems, like taking them back to the basics when they're trying to get ahead of themselves and... Yeah, and you know, it's funny because I sometimes feel like <clears throat> that's all I do. Um, I was actually just teaching a lesson this afternoon and I said to my student, who's one of my full-time students and rides um, a lot of horses with me, I said, I know I sound like a broken record, but we just have to go back to establish the connection do people still know what broken records are? Sorry, I say that all the time and I use myself. She's my age. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but, I know that. Yeah, I, know, the, I say it all the time and then I'm MP3 like... three or I don't even know now. Yeah. <laughs> bad Wi-Fi connection. Uh, but I know I, I sometimes feel like I repeat myself, but really it doesn't matter if it's a, you know, a four-year-old beginner novice horse or a 12-year-old advanced horse. It's actually the basics are the same everywhere and when you run into a problem with that upper level horse I'd say 90% of the time if you just go back and work on the quality of the connection the basic walk trot canter movements the, most of those horses at that stage they know the tricks it's about you're pressuring them a little bit you're getting nervous the jockey clubs coming up you're getting excited about that um, and you start pressuring the horses a little bit and they feel that and if you can just take a breath and go back and reset yourself and work on those solid fundamentals that got you to that point, whether that's in the dressage or the jumping phases, um, more often than not, you're gonna be successful. It's, it's interesting, but I always feel like the last six weeks before a major competition, you're actually trying to take pressure off the horse, not put it on. And I think a lot of that is just going back to those basics that you need to work on. Now, when you started uh, in eventing, you were, you were thinking going to college and business and yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know all the good stories. I do. <laughs> good job. Um, yeah, so before I went to work for Peter, I, um, like a lot of kids in America, um, was set to go to university, set to go to college, and I enrolled at UWM, um, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. I'm a, technically, I guess I'm a panther. You're a uh, panther? Yeah, I went for my first class, which was 7.30 a.m. in downtown Milwaukee. I walked into the class, I sat down. It was the right class. They did roll call, and um, my name wasn't called. So I went up to the professor, and he said, right, you're actually supposed to be at the 7.30 p.m. class on the south side campus. And now I live north of town, so <clears throat> that wasn't going to work. And he said, no problem. Just go find your counselor, and they'll switch the class for you. And you, know, you can be in this class next week. So I was like, all right, no problem. So I walked outside, and I sat down on the steps. And I looked at my truck, which was parked on the street, and I thought, this is a sign from God. I am not supposed to be here. I'm not terribly religious, but at that moment I was. <laughs> I always pray before I leave the start box. It's a good move. <laughs> yeah, just in case. Um, but I just, I knew it wasn't for me. I knew it was never for me. Um, 
and you know to be truthful it was a an excuse to not have to do it and so i went home and i told my parents that i wasn't going and my mom cried and my dad was upset um and they told me that there was no way they were going to help me or support me and i had to go off and do this on my own and that lasted like a week because they're really tough so like for a week i was on my own um, <laughs> that was a week yeah it was a tough week um <laughs> no but they were they actually were very supportive but then my dad did tell me they had a, a stable they had a stable in mequon wisconsin and um he said you know you can do this is this what you want to do like you really want to do it obviously i can't stop you but you're not going to work here for me like you don't know anything you don't have a clue what you're doing so you're going to go away and that's when i went and worked for peter and i stayed there working for peter and paul for three years um and then after about three years of working with him i started sort of spending the summers back home in wisconsin um with my wife I guess then she was my girlfriend, um, who I met from Peter and Paul. Thank you, Peter and Paul. Well, that uh, was a good thing. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Um, Lots of things happened. And so I would go back that and forth. That was the God thing in there, too. Yeah. Right, right. It was great, though, because I could go back in the winters to Peter and Paul, and they would sort of piece me back together and help me. So it was sort of like a work apprenticeship, if you will. That's incredible. What a great story, right? So and mom and dad were like, oh no, what do they think now about it all? Um, they're really supportive. They always have been. Um, my mom, um, you know, I talk to her every couple of days and she always asks about the horses. She still has um, interest in a, in a couple of them and likes to be a part of it. And so, um, you know, that's she probably exciting. prays when you leave the starting box too. Yeah, yeah I'll never forget my first time jumping around Kentucky. Um, she was at the finish and I thought I was great. And I came off and my wife was mad and yelling at me because she said I took a chance at the last combination on course and we argued about that for a while and when we got the video she was right and I was wrong. But that's marriage. Um, and my mom was in tears crying because she Aww. was so excited that I jumped around and hadn't died. Really? Yeah. That, that's good, yeah. right? They, everybody believes in me. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Incredible. What do you think? Last question before we have to take a break and come back, but we're, it's good because we get, um, oh, pictures are up. There we nice. go. That's profit. Yes. Um, you got long legs. I know. Look at that. He's a short horse. <laughs> Not as short as the Shetland. No. 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 no, no, no. What do you think about, um, last question before the break, but what do you think about some of the, the accidents and things that have been happening? I know there's been yeah, three or four fatalities this year. It's sad. Um, it is sad. You know, I think... The, at most of the accidents this year have been training, schooling accidents. Um, so the optimist in me wants to say that maybe things are getting better in the competition and we're getting safer. Um, I think the realist in me says that's probably a bit naive. Um, it's a dangerous sport and there's no way around it. And I think, um, you know, the FEI, so the International Governing Body and U.S. Equestrian here and U.S. Eventing Association, um, you know, we're, they, they, we, I actually am on committees and all those, we're trying really hard to make it safer all the time, but you have to balance it. Um, and, and how do you do that? Like, what's the, what's the most, what is the problem that creates these accidents? Is it the, the problem the that or? The problem that creates these accidents are the riders. We're competitive. I have never left the start box heading out to fence one and thought, gosh, I better make sure that I don't make a big mistake and crash. I maybe think that leading up leaving the start box but once i'm on on the horse and i'm on course all i'm thinking about is going clean and fast and so i think the longer you're in this sport the more responsible you get because you start to understand things you get 
to be a better competitor, a better rider, you're more precise. It's one of the great things about equestrian sports is that you peak later in your career, you get better and better as you go because it's such an intellectual sport. Um, so I think the number one thing is, is riders not riding responsibly. The courses today are so much more difficult than they were even 10 years ago, much yeah. less 30 years yes. ago. And the, I would say that the worst rider at Kentucky this spring rides as well as probably the top 10% of riders did in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. The wow. caliber of riding now is incredibly high. It is, it is. I uh, yeah. watch, it's just amazing. We've got to take our break, but we are coming right back with uh, mm -hmm. with John Holling, and we're going to chat to his, him some more, going to finish up this topic. And then I want to ask him about the Ocala Jockey Club, which we're very excited about. It's always such a brilliant event, very exciting. Love watching the cross country. It makes me wish I was on a horse. Uh, doing that incredible sport of three-day eventing. We'll be back in just a few minutes on the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Stay with us. This show is sponsored in part by Innova Wellness Spa, committed to providing the best, most advanced options available in the beauty and wellness for their valued patients. Find them on the web at innovawellnessspa.com or like them on Facebook now to learn more about their non-invasive aesthetic enhancement procedures for the most amazing results. Our Facebook broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms. The Larson Farms mission is simple, to be the leader in quality and value. Richard, owner of Larson Farms, is committed to a positive attitude, integrity, dedication, quality and teamwork. Larson Farms is committed to being your supplier of Idaho's finest alfalfa, a complete line of mixed and grass hay. Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. This show is brought to you in part by New Millennium Realty. Owner and broker Brian Cox loves this community and wants to help you find your place in the horse capital of the world. Like them on Facebook or find them at allfarmsmatter.com. New Millennium Realty, the future of real estate. This show is sponsored in part by 1K Helmets, certified to ASTM standards, where the perfect synergy of advanced technology meets aesthetically pleasing design wrapped in a package that traditionalists appreciate. Check them out at 1khelmets.com and like them on Facebook. 1K Helmets, where style meets safety. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934, manufacturing fixed-formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. This show is brought to you in part by Summit Joint Performance, promoting a healthy, thick synovial fluid, decreasing inflammation in the joints and improving the cushioning properties of the cartilage pads. All age horses can benefit from Summit Joint Performance. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm your host, Louise Barton, in the studio with me, co-host and top equestrian, Paulette Stout. 
and uh, we have John Holling, top eventer with us. We've been chatting a little bit about eventing, about accidents, sadly about some fatalities uh, in the sport. As John said, it is a dangerous and uh, exciting sport, no doubt, um, but comparatively, it's, uh, I mean, it's heartbreaking, horse or rider or both, but comparatively, when you think about how many people compete, uh, I think we, we don't hear about as many accidents as we could. Uh, it's still very, very sad, heartbreaking, but, um, but I think you know, there's thousands of people competing, riding and schooling all the time, so there obviously uh, it, there's a lot of care taken, and, and I think that the sport is improving in that. Well, statistically it is. So statistically, you look at the numbers, and actually there are less tragic accidents and less deaths in eventing today than the, there were 10 years ago. Um, I think, like you said, there's more people competing, um, and obviously with the internet and instant communication, you hear about it immediately. Um, and I, you know, I've said before, I'm not happy until the number is zero. Right. But Agreed. I think in eventing, that probably isn't realistic. And um, you, know, you have to do the things you can do to minimize it. So we have frangible fences, we have better course design. Um, and when we talk about frangible fences, there's a couple different types um, of fences that, and, and devices that get used in different situations like gates and rails and um, places that these designers can put these jumps where they know um, this is a place that could cause a problem. So they build it so that it's got the chance that if a horse makes a mistake or a rider makes a mistake that the fence will collapse and save them. And so the big thing you're trying to prevent is not falls, it's rotational falls. Um, you know, those are the ones that can be tough. And so Basically, I, the horse is getting hung up into it. Yeah, well, the horse is hitting it and then, and then they flipping over they and landing over. on the rider. It's not the fall, it's when, you know, a 1,200-pound animal falls on you. So, um, you know, it's obviously a little bit of a dark topic, but uh, yes, it, it, is. Is, it is part of where we're at. And, um, you know, I chair the Cross-Country Safety Committee for the U.S. Eventing Association, and we're always trying to find ways to make things better um, and safer and you know through some work of that committee we've um, even inspired some well one particular man um, from Colorado and I'm not gonna name names because I don't he, he's gonna do his thing um, but he's come out with a whole new device that I think is gonna be really helpful so then we should have three or four devices worldwide that and the nice thing about having these different types of devices that they get used in different places on the course and the more you can have options to make the jump safer, the better off you're going to be, the more you can put them out on course. Um, yes, absolutely. You know, it's, it's trying to get rid of the rotational falls. Right. You don't want to get to a place where every jump on cross-country falls down, otherwise you're just show jumping. Right. Um, so, right. you know, we, we're eventers, we're a little bit crazy, and we love what we do, and, you know, I would be lying if I said I haven't shed a tear over some of the accidents that have happened, but, um, you know, I think that's life and as long as everybody knows what they're getting into and you're doing the best you can that's all you can do I agree actually my chiropractor said to me today something about his motorbike and I said you have a motorbike and he said yeah and I said those are dangerous and yeah. he looks at me and he goes you ride horses <laughs> I said, okay you're right yeah, my, my wife Jen told me years ago when we got married that if I was gonna ride horses absolutely under no circumstances could I have a motorcycle because it's too much. It's too, too much. much. <laughs> too many risks. Horses, no motorcycle. So 
About a year and a half ago, I got a motorcycle. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do what I'm told. I always listen. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, we're going to switch it up to the Ocala Jockey Club. Yeah. And, you know, I, like you were saying in the introduction, I've been to some pretty spectacular venues around the world to compete. And I can honestly say, Jockey Club's on par with the best of the best. This will be his first go at a three-star long, so, you know, the hope is to go there and just have a positive performance out of him this, this go-round. Is go he a thoroughbred? Um, he's actually a trainer. He was bred here in Florida, um, mm -hmm. and he's, he's a beautiful horse. Um, I was lucky enough to get him as a young horse. Um, from a friend of mine, Andrew Palmer, and um, his breeder, Anissa Cottingham, is a friend of ours as well, and she lives here in Ocala. So, How wonderful. Um, nice he's, not a, he's not a thoroughbred, but he's a tracaner, which is probably more blood than a thoroughbred. <laughs> uh, he's a very athletic, very quick, special horse. I'm excited about him. Yes, he's, he's beautiful. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He, he knows it, too. He does. Yeah. Tell us, how, how do you feel about the thoroughbreds in the sport? I love to see them in the sport. I love, I love the extra prize money for, for the thoroughbred that does the, does the best. I think it's just wonderful. I love to see them off the track thoroughbred or a thoroughbred that maybe didn't make it in the racing world. It uh, wasn't quite right for that and, and to be in the eventing world instead. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, I mean, I have a really nice five-year-old thoroughbred that I just got actually about a year ago. Um, and a really good group of people got together and we, we purchased him. Um, Is that Ragtime rag rag Rebel. Rebel? Yeah, yeah. We do a little blog online about him. Yes, I, I've and, read um, the blog. I love it. Keep, him, keep everybody yeah. updated. Um, so, I mean, I love thoroughbreds. It's what I started on. My first horses were all thoroughbreds. Um, and there is nothing better to be sitting on on Saturday at a three-day event going out cross-country than a thoroughbred. Um, and even when you get these purpose-bred horses that are bred to be event horses, if you look at their breeding, they're mostly thoroughbred. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like Prophet, like I said, he's Tricaner, but, I mean, that horse is all blood. He is, he is like riding a thoroughbred, and um, I love... I love my little ragtime rebel horse. I think he's, I say little, he's about 17 hands. <laughs> big guy. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the challenge with the thoroughbred sometimes can be, are they loose enough? Do they move well enough for the dressage? That's a um, but that can be a problem with any of them, Yes. you know, like any type of horse. So I don't mm -hmm. think that's really unique to thoroughbreds. And then the other question is, are they careful enough with the show jumping? Do they have the scope and the power to show jump? But I've looked at beautiful, warm blood horses that couldn't do dressage and couldn't show jump. So I think it's a little bit unfair to say that thoroughbreds struggle with the dressage and with the show jumping when really in this country, we just have so many of them to choose from that I think sometimes we go out and we look for a thoroughbred horse and we just say, oh, well, I feel bad for this one, so I'm gonna buy it, which is great. Like, yeah. I love the story yeah. of let's rescue this horse and give it another job. But to say that they can't perform at the top level because they're thoroughbred, I don't think is fair. I think you just have to pick out a good horse. And I mean, those thoroughbreds can be pretty amazing. And They are. You know, Glenn horse Donner, he's one of the top three-day event horses in the world and he's thoroughbred. And there's a reason he's gallops around those big tracks time after time after time. Yeah, they're tough. They're versatile. They're amazing. Yeah. So what do you think about it being a, a qualifier for the Olympics? That's I pretty awesome, it's, isn't it? It's going to be exciting. I mean, I think, you know, obviously this is a horse show, so everybody we're talking to knows something about horses. But when I talk to people who aren't necessarily horse people, because they do actually exist in Ocala, it's hard to believe. I know. I, I know. It's hard for me to believe like, as well. There's two or three of them, and they go to my CrossFit gym. <laughs> <laughs> so... So when I talk to them, though, I say, you know, it it doesn't really matter if you know if you know horses, 
it's going to just be exciting. Like you have, it's a qualifier for the Olympic Games. Yeah. And you're going to have gold medalists from Olympics there. You got, I mean, you got Leslie Law there, who's going to be riding. I think Philip Dutton is coming down. Yes. I was told. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if Boyd's going to make it, but there's going to be some really big players and some great horses to see. And I love sports. I love all sports. And the reason I love all sports is I love to watch competitors that are truly great at what they do. Mm-hmm. And when you go to Jockey Club, you're going to see the best of the best, whether it's young horses um, competing like mine at his first big competition or more seasoned horses that are getting prepped for the Olympics next year. I mean, you're seeing the best athletes this country and other countries have to offer. And it's that's so exciting. true. I know. I love it. It's my my favorite event on air, can I? <laughs> I love it. I feel like I'm in England when I'm out there. Absolutely. I Absolutely. feel like I'm at a British three-day event in the countryside in Warwickshire somewhere. Or yeah, I yeah. do. I love it. It's, it's a beautiful place. And, you know, it's just it's a fun week to spend out in the country. And um, It really is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's excellent. And uh, we're going to put the website uh, up for you for the, uh, for the Ocala Jockey Club. Uh, so you can actually go online and um, and get more information and make sure that you go out there and enjoy an incredible weekend of, uh, really, you can take a picnic. There it is. Look at that. Uh, OJC3DE.com. Um, you can also find John Holling on Facebook um, and follow him yep. at uh, Holling Eventing. Uh, and uh, you can see all of his adventures and you can see uh, more of uh, profit jumping. I saw some great Yep. Uh, great courses uh, he, that he's he did. He's, uh, he's amazing. So you can, you can follow John and Jen um, teaching people coming up, yep. Yep. taking your skill and passing it on. Absolutely. So I'm competing at the Jockey Club. I've got um, one of our assistant trainers who's going to be riding there in her first four-star long. Wow. Um, and then I've got a bunch of other students will be competing there as well. So Howling Eventing will be well represented for sure. Well represented. We'll try to keep up with that on Facebook. That's incredible. So you've got, you're, you're competing yourself and you've got your students competing. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. So you'll, you'll see some, some definite accomplishments, I'm sure, I out of that so. weekend. I know what I'm doing. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. I have a feeling that you do. Top of your, uh, your bucket list. Um, gosh, that's a tough one. I mean, the goal for any, uh, any competitor in eventing is to represent your country. Um, international competition. I've been lucky enough that I've gotten to ride on a Nations Cup team. Um, I was named to a Pan American Games team, but didn't quite get on the plane on that one. And so for me, my goal is to make it to a team competition somewhere. Um, as far as an event, I mean, I'd like to get back to Kentucky. Um, but at the end of the day, I just like producing the horses and bringing them up and seeing where they're going to go and trying to make everyone be the best that it can be. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's really an answer for what you wanted, but I'd like to get back to Kentucky and be competitive there again. It's been a little while for me. Incredible. Well, whatever you do, I know you'll be successful. You've taken what you've learned and starting off with Peter and Paul and uh, translated that over to your horses and, and now on to your students and, and success. So you can go out and see John compete. Uh, at the Ocala Jockey Club here in just a few weeks and that's November 14th to the 17th and that is an incredible event there in uh, in Reddick. It's the most beautiful place. Have an absolutely incredible time and get to see some of the top riders in the world compete 
and uh, I'm excited. I wish you all the best, John. Thank you very much. Thank you Thanks so for much for me. coming back to see Absolutely. us again. Love it. And I got, I'm glad Thank I finally you. got to meet your wife. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm so excited to see you compete. And I know that Profit's going to have a great weekend at the Jockey Club. And uh, we're going to wrap that up and be back with you in just a few minutes with our news segment. Stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. This show is brought to you in part by Summit Joint Performance, promoting a healthy, thick synovial fluid, decreasing inflammation in the joints and improving the cushioning properties of the cartilage pads. All age horses can benefit from Summit Joint Performance. This show is brought to you in part by Tax Shack of Ocala, the horse lover's candy store proudly offering customer halters, race tack, whips, blinkers, belts, dog collars, and more. Tax Shack of Ocala, one-stop shopping for all your horse needs. This show is brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com.
This show is brought to you in part by Tax Shack of Ocala, the horse lover's candy store proudly offering customer halters, race tack, whips, blinkers, belts, dog collars, and more. Tax Shack of Ocala, one-stop shopping for all your horse needs. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Well, we've had some great guests on mm -hmm. so far. I've got Paulette Stout here, my co-host in the studio. Uh, we've really, we've had some really um, awesome, awesome, I mean, really like, great. I feel all fired up now. <laughs> I, I know. I hardly <laughs> even want to go to the news <laughs> segment. Uh, and and at, we were just talking to a top eventer, uh, international top eventer, um, who's competed at some of the biggest and most competitive high-level uh, eventing uh, courses and competitions in the world. And sadly, I have to report that an eventing rider, Melanie K. Talent, actually did pass away of injuries in a cross-country schooling accident. Um, and um, very, very, that was very sad, and that was only days after a similar accident claimed the life of fellow equestrian Nicole Villas Amant. So, um, very sad, Melanie, 55 years old, um, and that her actual celebration of life is um, October 26. And uh, she was a neuroscientist. Oh, wow. uh, interestingly enough, and um, she was dedicated to the treatment of neurological diseases, particularly epilepsy, and that's actually her cause in her passing away, her foundation that she would like um, mm. donations and the memorial service, as I said, October 26th. So um, mm. prayers and thoughts out to everybody connected there. Uh, it's very, very sad, and um, she was a lifelong horsewoman. And we, we are, our thoughts are always, uh, always with uh, when we hear about those losses mm. in the, uh, in the horse world. A French rider bore no fault. Here's an interesting one for you. It makes you think about what are you feeding your horses. Um, her, <laughs> she, uh, her show jumping horse failed a drug test. The FBI tribunal oh, ruled after a commercially prepared feed was identified as the likely source. I was on a conference call at one o'clock today with Bob Baffert talking about the upcoming Breeders' Cup. And um, it made me think about justifying all the fuss and everything about, you know, him having something in his system that was in the hay. So it makes you think about this, but um, this was proven to be from the horse's feed. Um, they what was the chemical? It's ergo, ergon ovine. E-R-G-O-N-O-V-I-N-E. I had never heard of it before I read this. It is a banned substance under the FEI's anti-doping regulations. Um, the horse was subjected to a routine test and was found positive for that. They fought it and they went back to the feed company and um, the horse was fed one kilogram of the feed Hypona 788 Optimal three times a day as part of his diet. And the evidence was given that that was in the, in the grain, in the feed and um, that there's no therapeutic use of that particular chemical for horses. So it makes so, sense so that it would have come from somewhere else. You wouldn't give it to your horse to make it run faster or jump higher. But what does words. it do? Um, well, it, it just tests and it's on the list of things that you can't give your horse. So, um, and it's in wheat, barley and oats, I guess. And that was what was in the feed. So they did uh, confirm the presence of it, but they said, that even though they screened for it and other ergots, but the values found in the prepared feed were below the lab's analytical threshold of 3.0 in a kilogram, I guess. So because it was under what mm -hmm. they, they mm -hmm. think is 
not a problem. Right. So anyway, she was cleared of the of the drug violation and uh, just interesting be careful what you feed how can you be careful because you wouldn't even know Find, you read your ingredients and know what's in it I mean in this case that wouldn't have worked but you still need to read your ingredients on your feed and make sure right. you're getting your feed from a a good source for sure so um, switching it up to the racehorse world agent David Meat stretched the budget uh, on October 22nd and acquired a filly from the first crop of Nyquist Oh, Remember wow. Nyquist? Cool. He trained here with Niall Brennan mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and paid 325000 which was the top price paid during the strong uh, second session of the Phasic Tipton sale for a yearling. So um, congratulations. And then Team Cassie yeah. bought uh, the second highest price of 300000 So that one will probably be coming to Ocala. And that's mm. an inter-mischief cult. Um, consigned by tailor-made sales and uh, I think that's exciting because sure uh, those those horses are coming here mm -hmm. and into mischief horses are fetching really a good. lot of mm -hmm. money. Mm -hmm. uh, looking forward to the Breeders' Cup, the uh, richest weekend in horse racing in North America. We've got eight Florida breads currently uh, running in the races. We've got Proven Strategies, KP Dreaming, 260, Imprimis, Pure Sensation, Frenzy Fire, Imperial Hint, and Caribou Club. Those are all the horses in the Breeders' Cup races that weekend that were actually bred in Florida, but we have connections, strong connections, um, grads that I know of trained at Niall Brennan Stables, Paul Sharp Stables, McCathan Brothers, and Linwood Stables. So those are the connections I know about so far. So we've got um, a lot. Of, uh, of connections to Ocala Marion County and we will be there uh, sharing those with you over that uh, weekend starting next week and uh, bringing you all the claims to fame that we have. So I asked Bob Baffert on the phone today how difficult it is to tell Mike Smith you're not riding what would probably be the favorite for the classic. I would never tell Mike Smith that. Um, and I said, how difficult is that? And is that entirely your decision or does the owner play a part in that? And he said, no, it's entirely my decision. And he said, and it is, uh, it's a tough call. Um, and I said, and I guess then, uh, now that Mike has a ride in the classic, the worst thing is if you watched him fly past you, <laughs> Well, then our phone call got disconnected. And so I got all these messages on Facebook from the other journalists that were on the call. Did Bob Baffert hang up on him? <laughs> no, he didn't. There was a disconnection in the call and he did call right back. <laughs> so he didn't. And I even got to ask him another question. So we're good. So for all of you who've messaged me uh, this afternoon, no, Bob Baffert did not hang up on me. Just saying. <laughs> It did happen before, though. Mike was on Drosselmeyer and ran past Game on Dude, so, you know, it, it could it happen, happen to Bob again. <laughs> and he could, yeah. yeah. Uh, St. Patrick's Day, full brother to American Pharaoh, will enter stud in 2020 at Brent and Crystal Ferning's Journeyman Stallions right here in Ocala. So we are going to have a full brother um, to American Pharaoh right here at Stud, which will be nice. Um, out of, uh, it's actually the four-year-old son of the late pioneer of the Nile, who sadly passed away um, last year, I think, and little Pr Princess Emma. So that'll be exciting um, to see. Uh, in a little bit of good news, a charity on the other side of the world stepped up. Most of you fuss about social media and the negative side of it. Um, but because of Twitter, 
A, everyone makes fun of how I say that. Um, a donkey jailed by authorities in Mexico was set free. Apparently, he, was, he went missing from an older couple. Aww. I know. He went missing from an older couple, and they didn't know where he'd gone. And apparently, he was destroying somebody's crops in their <laughs> field. So they put him under arrest, and they put him in jail. He was no just getting something to eat. <laughs> he was loose and on his own, and he was a bit peckish, and he got into some crops. And before you know it, he was under arrest. So um, anyway, Twitter, fortunately, um, when it went viral that this donkey was locked up and um, some people from the donkey sanctuary got together with the owners and some other people and they went and they actually got him set free and he was returned back home uh, to his rightful belonged. owners. To where, so uh, donkey, <laughs> the things you read about a donkey in Mexico. Oh uh, wrapping up the news segment, um, very sadly, um, this past weekend, Hat Trick, a um, top eventing horse, passed away. We actually had uh, some, a uh, couple of people from Team Wallace here last week for the show. Uh, we had Rick Wallace, lovely chap, and um, Briggs Surratt were here, and we were talking about eventing. We were talking about Hat Trick, um, and actually we, we've had photos of Hat Trick up on the screen, and Briggs was talking about his wonderful experience that he had with this horse, who had never been sick in his life. 19 years of uh, age and retired, um, uh, had some ring bone and retired to a, a nice pasture, had a wonderful life, never been sick, got distressed from choking and after treatment and fluids did not make a good recovery and very sadly passed away. Um, he was a three-star eventing horse, had a very good career and um, our prayers and thoughts uh, go out to Team Wallace and everyone connected uh, to Hattrick. I read Rick Wallace's comment about Briggs and said it said he's very stoic and, um, and, and inward about his feelings, so he'll probably go away and do what one of the things he does best, which is write um, poetry about his incredible horse that he mm. loved so much. Mm. So um, we're very, very sad, and, um, and our prayers and thoughts definitely go out to you. And uh, we had some photos of, um, of Hat Trick, uh, and uh, there have been a lot of well wishes. And uh, rest in peace, uh, Hattrick, uh, incredible horse, and some really, really lovely people that we had with us uh, last week for the show. So we'll be back in just a few minutes on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Pearson and Smith, Equine Hospital. Stay with us. We are deeply saddened to hear of the passing of eventing horse Hattrick, who had a very successful career with Briggs Surratt, reaching the three-star level. He was retired in 2015 and spent his years enjoying himself in his pasture. Our deepest sympathies, prayers and thoughts go out to all connected. Rest in peace, sweet Hattrick. This show is sponsored in part by Equisin. When visiting the horse capital of the world, you want to stay at a hotel that reminds you of what you love about Ocala, the horses. Stay tuned to this show for announcements about the renovations to be completed fall 2019 at the Equisin by following them on Facebook and Instagram at Equisin. Ranch, improving and restoring health since 1998 through the health of your horses, dogs, and cats with natural probiotic-based supplements, herbal dewormers, all-natural fly sprays, joint supplements, plus Earthsong Ranch is a great resource for health information. 
Find Earthsong Ranch on Facebook or at earthsongranch.com. This show is brought to you in part by Horse Boxes USA, the newest and most advanced way to safely transport your horses in style. Horse Boxes USA comes standard with a backup camera, horse cabin camera, and dual fans. Visit them at JJ Tax Shop on Highway 40 in Ocala or online at horseboxesusa.com. Our Facebook broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms. The Larson Farms mission is simple, to be the leader in quality and value. Richard, owner of Larson Farms, is committed to a positive attitude, integrity, dedication, quality, and teamwork. Larson Farms is committed to being your supplier of Idaho's finest alfalfa, a complete line of mixed and grass hay. Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. This show is brought to you in part by Tax Shack of Ocala, the horse lover's candy store proudly offering customer halters, race tack, whips, blinkers, belts, dog collars, and more. Tax Shack of Ocala, one-stop shopping for all your horse needs. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. I'm your host, Louisa Barton, and in the studio with me, I have Dr. Tim Lynch. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about something that's in the news quite a lot lately. Um, there have been quite a few breakdowns this year, sadly. Um, Santa Anita has definitely been in the focus of many people. And a lot of people who are not necessarily professionals in the horse world or in the racing world have questions about what is a breakdown and what does that actually mean. Dr. Lynch, welcome back to the show. Um, can you tell us a little bit, especially in reference, let's talk about at the racetrack, um, what does a breakdown mean? Um, so a breakdown, the classic breakdown can be divided into two groups, either a soft tissue breakdown or a hard tissue like bone. They're usually a combination injury. So the classic uh, breakdown would be you know, where a horse loses its uh, suspensory apparatus, either injuring or tearing the suspensory or the sesamoid bones in, their, in any limb and or the distal sesamoidian ligaments. So that spring or that um, catch in the back that helps the horse's fetlocks uh, is now gone. And then so the horse uh, is broken down. So there can be involved a certain number of fractures, uh, including the cannon bone or the pastern uh, and or any other type of supporting structure. You know, there's many breakdown injuries, uh, but that's the classic breakdown injury that can be described as the horse uh, losing its suspensory apparatus and then having or not having fractures associated with it. Um, unfortunately, you know, when you uh, weigh 1,000 to 1,200 pounds and you can run a mile in uh, two minutes or less, uh, those, fr those fractures or those repeated chronic fatigue injuries uh, can happen to any athlete, uh, but a horse going at that speed, that can certainly be devastating. And not all breakdowns necessarily mean the horse needs to be euthanized. The ones that you worry about, the breakdowns, unfortunately, are the ones that, where there's an open fracture uh, and or uh, such a life-threatening injury that uh, because a horse, you can't tell them to lay in bed for nine to 12 weeks, 
uh, they need to get up right away and support their weight. Laminitis or founder is a big problem. Barbaro was a perfect example right. of that. So it's, it's a matter of uh, trying to adapt certain, mostly human uh, orthopedic repairs to a horse's leg. And uh, you know, a horse weighs 1,200 pounds, so it's kind of a little difficult. We gotta be inventive. But that a lot of them can be saved uh, for a breeding animal and breeding purposes, stallions. Uh, but in some of them, the injury is so bad that it's not fair to the horse to uh, keep going with them or try to save them. So, this x-ray, I don't know if you want to yes, pull up the x-ray. Yes, we have a, uh, an x-ray here we can show you. This is uh, from Root and Riddle. This is, uh, I think it's Princess Warrior. Uh, Dr. Bramlage did a repair on this horse. So this is the horse's fetlock. There's a very large plate down the front of the fetlock. Uh, it's probably a 15, 16 or 18 hole plate. Uh, and you can see at the back of the fetlock, the horse has uh, broken the bottom of both sesamoids off. And it, I don't know about the soft tissues, but I imagine based on where the sesamoids are, uh, the suspensory is gone. So what he has done is Arthur deced the fetlock with the plate and all the screws. So that joint will no longer bend. And then he, he put a, uh, a wire in there from the cannon bone to the pasture to act as a suspensory uh, apparatus or to hopefully uh, give us some support to the back of the fetlock because now the horse doesn't have that due to the fracture. But this, is, uh, this was not an open fracture, this is a uh, classic breakdown. Uh, the ligaments are gone probably or injured to the point. They will heal and this joint will no longer bend. It'll eventually uh, heal into one bone and this horse will, will be um, fairly comfortable. We'll have an odd looking leg because the fetlock won't bend. Right. But this horse will probably be a breeding animal, uh, no problem. Uh, again, you can see the hardware that goes into it. Uh, this type of uh, injury, unfortunately, the horse didn't, uh, didn't look like he broke a long bone or any of the other weight-supporting bones. Um, but this is a, you know, a big problem in horses. They're covered with hair, they live in manure, uh, they race, and you can see all the staples. Those are the skin incisions. So it's, a, it's quite an undertaking to try to, uh, to repair, that, yeah, repair and clean, and then keep it clean, and yeah. then keep the horse uh, quiet. As you mentioned, uh, you know, the difference between a, a human athlete and, a, and an equine athlete uh, is quite different sure. because as you, well, you mentioned, of course, the 1,200 pounds on these little legs, um, but also keeping them quiet yeah. uh, it, for the required amount of time that they need to rest. And not being, I, I've always said it's much harder to be a veterinarian than a, <laughs> than, a, than a people doctor because at least the people can tell you how they're feeling, does it hurt, sure. and you can tell them you must lie down and rest. Right. And, uh, but with a, with, when you're working with horses or dogs, I think it's very difficult, uh, communication, of course, and, and also just the nature of a horse which is loves to run um, a flight animal yep. that's going to run if it gets spooked um, and that they love they love running yep. on the track so it's, it's very hard to keep a horse confined that's probably a, a really big difficulty but now the difference with a with a human and an animal is um, Obviously, if a, if a horse shatters its leg, mm -hmm. then that's virtually impossible to correct. Right. Unlike a person where you might cast them and lie them down, you might be able to do something, right? Well, yeah, so the problem with the horse is they want to stand right away, and they need to stand on four legs uh, right away. So uh, you can do the best repair, and unfortunately we have uh, limit as far as what mechanically can hold a horse with the strength. Casts are good, but they're not great. Uh, and they take a long time. Bone takes about four to six months to heal. Wow. So that radiograph is a pretty um, extreme case. 
I mean, there's other types of breakdowns that includes the tendons and such like that that uh, need time to heal. But most of those horses, they won't race again, but they'll truly be um, usable horses or they could be breeding animals mm -hmm. and such like that. So it's hard when you have a horse that wants to get up and run away from you uh, to make them kind of be quiet. And a lot of horses are quite good uh, as far as cooperative and what they'll do. Uh, but laminitis is a big problem in the breakdowns. Um, and again, depending on the severity of the injury, some of them are so bad that it's not uh, fair to the horse. Uh, we know that that's a, that's a bad outcome or will take uh, so much and still the horse would not be a very comfortable. It's quality of life after those breakdowns and what we can do and what we can't do as far as trying to repair them, get them legs again or bones and go from there. The soft tissue ones, a lot of them do quite uh, a lot better, uh, mostly because they have their bones to stand on. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a whole sort of uh, braces now for horses. They're like ski boots that have hinges that you can control and you control their, uh, uh, their re rehabilitation and such like that. It's quite amazing uh, all the things that are coming out here in the last five to 10 years, trying to help these horses uh, so they can lead uh, comfortable, um, productive lives. and. And they could use, some of them could be used for trail riding and things like that, but again, depends on the severity of the injury. I was going to actually ask you that question. You must have seen a lot of advances in your career that are very comforting that you can do more than ever for, right. for the horses I, when they get that old. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're absolutely right. From uh, the days of Ruffian uh, to now this x ray, and you can see that what's uh, been going on in Dr. Bramage, uh, it's one of the best, right? So, and it's really. Um, the safety at the racetracks has improved tremendously. The surfaces have improved. Uh, there's been a lot of research on the improvement, uh, how to make uh, racetracks safe or the surface safe. Uh, they take safety very, uh, very, very uh, highly there at the racetrack because everybody, the jockey, everybody is involved. So it's, uh, and the horse, you know, and they, uh, they truly try everything that they can to make the racing. Now, what has happened there out in California, I'm not really sure. There's been a lot of change of surface and the talk about this and that. Um, I think, I, I don't know. I don't think the final word has come out is what's happened. It could just be a bad luck run, right? Um, so it's, again, it's, it's kind of one of those things, uh, a lot of racehorses and athletes have chronic uh, injuries that you don't know about and then a lot of them are from bone stress and mm -hmm. uh, non-adaptive remodeling of the bone and unfortunately if you take uh, a bad step you're gonna kind of crack your leg or break your ankle right. or something like that so same with the horses and uh, it's just unfortunate that it's it's happened at one racetrack uh, considering the, no the number of horses that have been broke down or knee euthanizing at the racetrack in the last 10 years has decreased dramatically has. over a thousand races or you know whatever number you try to pick uh, how many horses per thousand or, or things like that so it's really improved um, here in the last five years it's been tremendous I agree I think it's been amazing the advances have been made and as you said the research into the surfaces and things uh, I think has helped a lot and and it, medical technology you know being able to see uh, what's going on with the horse and know that there's a problem 
them before it races, I think that really plays a huge part, you know, and our, our technology, you know, everything from what we can see on a scan sure. to, you know, to beyond. So I think a, a lot of that, that technology has helped as well to, to make us better. And we hope to just keep getting better and better. Right. We hate to see them break down. Uh, all athletes have, uh, have injuries and uh, all sports are dangerous. I don't think that horse racing is any different than right. any of them. It's just sad that it's been in the focus, but good to hear uh, that there are some, some savable cases. That's uh, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Dr. Lynch, very much. We're talking about uh, breakdowns on the racetrack, something that we hope we don't see uh, too many more, any more, actually, uh, in that case. So uh, thank you, Dr. Tim Lynch, for joining us on the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton. This show is brought to you and bought by Horse Boxers USA, the newest and most advanced way to safely transport your horses in style. Horse Boxers USA comes standard with a backup camera, horse cabin camera, and dual fans. Visit them at JJ Tax Shop on Highway 40 in Ocala or online at horseboxesusa.com. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. Our Facebook broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms. The Larson Farms mission is simple to be the leader in quality and values. Richard, owner of Larson Farms, is committed to a positive attitude, integrity, dedication, quality, and teamwork. Larson Farms is committed to being your supplier of Idaho's finest alfalfa, a complete line of mixed and grass hay. Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. This show is brought to you in part by Summit Joint Performance, promoting a healthy, thick synovial fluid, decreasing inflammation in the joints and improving the cushioning properties of the cartilage pads. All age horses can benefit from Summit Joint Performance. This show is brought to you in part by Tack Shack of Ocala, the horse lover's candy store proudly offering customer halters, race tack, whips, blinkers, belts, dog collars, and more. Tack Shack of Ocala, one-stop shopping for all your horse needs. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. Chevy store. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of old right. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show, presented this hour by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm your host, Louisa Barton, in the studio with me, co-host and crazy equestrian, Paulette Stout. And uh, we've been having a laugh during the break, uh, but we're back with you now and we have a special guest joining us by phone and that is Diane Langer. Yeah. Uh, and Paulette is actually going to be taking care of this and be chatting to Diane. Diane, welcome to the show. It's lovely to have you with us. Thank you very much. Uh, you've got quite a resume. Um, you've obviously been a, a professional horse person for uh, 
for many, many years and um, have a lot of accolades to your name. Yeah. Um, Paulette has had an interest in talking to you for some time. Yeah, Louisa, I, um, with all this with the safe sport, I didn't really understand this past year, we all had to take videos and, have, and be safe sport qualified in order to have our membership and be able to show in the USEF. Well, at first I was like, why do I have to do this? I don't understand it. I didn't really, I really didn't understand what safe sport was all about. And as we had interviews with different people, and when Rob Gage was banned from the USEF and and and, and he, took his own life, and took his it's own life, sad. and we were all really concerned, like why this happened 30 years ago, and then the recent was George Morris being. Um, banned from USCF. Which is a huge big deal. And obviously. it was huge and we had other people saying stand by George and and so I couldn't say anything because I really didn't understand what really was going on and being the sensitive nature of the material I was really bothered by that and so I kind of went back on the internet and then I found a, a, an article that was that Diane had had came out and told her story in the Chronicle Horse. And I read that and I was just taken by it. And then I started to wanting to know more on really why, how this actually works. They say you can go read about it, but I still didn't really understand. And back in July, I texted Diane, who travels quite a bit, and she had just recently texted me back, and I got to have a, an amazing conversation with such an amazing, strong lady that is huge in the FEI and USCF, um, the chief I always say equip, it's the chief. Oh, the chef de keep, yes. Chef de keep, it's French and nobody understands that word. But she, she, she's now um, in charge of a lot of youth across the world with the FEI and the USCF. So Safe Sport, um, I've been trying to understand more about it and now I'm starting to f have a feel for why they are and why they are so extremely important in our horse world and the USCF and that it is government mandated. Diane, I was really um, thrilled to be able to talk to you and have better understanding of what it is that um, Safe Sport is doing and why it is there. And you are a, a, a victim that came forward with your story and that I know is very hard to come forward because of the sensitive nature of what this is about, which is, you know, basically sexual abuse in sport. Could you please um, explain safe sport and what it means to you and maybe more about the history on um, why this is there, that it, you did tell me it was government mandated and that it actually is for the Olympic sports and it came out of the Olympic sports and because our equestrian sports have Paralympics and you know obviously the show jumping and dressage are under USDF, it follows the sport industry. If you could tell us a little bit about that. Uh, thank you. Um, it's a big subject and for many people it's a scary subject including uh, the victims um, and certainly those that have um, been the perpetuators of this horrific um, sexual abuse and abuse of power which is where it really starts is an abuse of power uh, over an individual and especially if the individual is um, say a young athlete, uh, a young girl or a young boy who is desperately 
trying to become the very best equestrian they can become needs the support and direction of a professional. Um, that professional then assumes a great role in that young person's life. That's when the abuse starts, when that uh, power is um, not balanced. Um, Safe Sport, for me, uh, was about the right time for me to come forward with my story and how it impacted my life. Um, and since then, I've heard from many victims um, who have been abused uh, sexually by someone who they looked up to, by someone who they thought had their best interest, and uh, someone whose parents were, for the most part, completely unsuspecting of what was going on. So when it started coming apart, and I think if you'll all remember when uh, our young gymnastic Olympics, uh, Olympic uh, participants, athletes, um, were standing there in court and able to describe the abuse that they had suffered from their uh, trainer and uh, doctor and coaches, um, I was just astounded at their bravery and how, how clearly they expressed themselves, how, how brave they were. And I said, as a youth chef, my position here is to protect them at all costs. And I know how this goes down. I have been part of uh, on the uh, receiving end, and I know how this happens with the abuse of power. And it's time to bring it out in our own sport. So that's when I wrote the article, and uh, it's been uh, amazing, the response, both positive and negative, ever since. Um, I think that going through a situation like I have, I understand that there is going to be um, those that deny and don't believe that some of our great leaders in our sport are capable of this. And even if they do, they believe that uh, it was just the way it was. Just you, the way it was, it's just not good enough. The, the know, biggest, um, good enough. Di Diane, as a, as a mother, um, I obviously, um, very, my, always my priority is my, my, ch my children's safety. And, uh, and even now that they're, they're growing up, it's, uh, it's still a huge concern. And I can say as a mom, that um, if one of my children had been abused or sexually abused by um, a riding instructor or any sports or music teacher or anything, I would be. But I would be. I would she, be unmanageable. So I want you, please. When I say this, I'm asking this from the, not from the the negative perspective of safe sport, but from the negative side of what I've heard. Um, and the questions that have arisen from horse people that I've spoken to, um, and that is, what is the due process for somebody who is um, accused by somebody, uh, whether it be a parent or a child or the combination of both, what is the due process for an offense that maybe 
was 30 years ago. Now, not to say that it doesn't matter because it was 30 years ago, because it does matter very much, obviously, to the people involved and the people that, are, that were hurt by that, especially the child. But if it's 30 years ago, how is something like that um, being being uh, approved? I guess. I mean, what is the yeah? How, what is the investigation process to know that the person is getting due process and the, and to to get evidence? Because obviously now we have things like DNA and uh, that sort of thing where we can we can actually prove those things. What what do you do about something from 30 years ago, and how do you how do you prove it? Well, you must have those that are surrounding the person that is the claimant uh, who can back up their statements by having uh, witnessed the, not the act, but the over-attention of the person in power, or there are multiple uh, people who lodge complaints uh, with the same bearing uh, uh, stories, uh, but still very much the same against that person. Mm -hmm. So uh, these uh, claimants are uh, alleging a misconduct, a sexual misconduct, that goes straight to state court. Mm -hmm. um, even if it were turned into the USEF, the USEF must turn that over to state court. USEF is not in charge of investigating anything. The, the reason why uh, sexually abused young people do not come forward is shame and um, the feeling of responsibility for something happening and the, young, the child, the less they can reason what is going on. They don't understand. Um, in some of the older girls I know, they feel that that person that has the power over them loves them. And it's not so. It truly is not so. They, they do not love that young 15-year-old. They don't love them. They're, they're 25 years, 30 years older than them in many cases. Um, but they are confused. They are not at an age of reason. So it, it takes a long time for, a, for an abused child to come forward. They seldom ever tell their parents. The parents have been groomed, so they don't suspect it's like having a family member um, molesting uh, one of your children, uh, and no one knows, no one suspects for many, many years, even though it could be in their own house. So it is a secret, dark thing that happens and truly affects the psyche of the abused. Um, they then may take 20, 30 years to even confront the situation, even though they know it happened, they know it went on. Uh, in my case, um, until I was in my 40s and uh, uh, getting divorced from my third marriage, did I get to the right therapist who was able to get to the root of my issues. Fortunately for me, I didn't get into alcohol, I didn't get into drugs, which happens to many. Um, it, it, it's a it's a dark, dark secret um, that hides where young children can easily be manipulated. And Diane, you're... And Diane, your your abuse started when you were 11 years old. I mean, you're... It was I, was, I was 13. 
And Krasinski was started her abuse when she was 11. And it was interesting that both of us became chefs, came together, and we had many, many hours of discussion between the two of us on coming forward. Should we, should we not? Um, she had done a lot of therapy and had confronted her abuser and uh, had talked to her parents. I had never, ever told my parents. Um, so it, it was one of those things that was very, very hard to do. Mm -hmm. We finally decided that we have the responsibility of making this awareness uh, in our own sport, that someone had to make the first move, and, and that's why we did it. And Diane, you, when we talked um, this past week, you were saying that, you know, this is government mandated because of the, the, the problems that have been in the sports, all Olympic sports and probably sports everywhere, um, that uh, you, it's to change the culture and that the problem with this and due process being that everybody wants these gory details, well, you have to allow people the victims, you know, some sort of privacy. And you also said that, you know, Safe Sport takes this very um, seriously because they know this is career ending or career changing. It's changing the life of whoever is the person that is being um, charged with these. So it's not something that somebody just charges and they just go ahead. There's a lot of investigation to this. And it was something that I, I realized when you said everybody wants the gory details. Well, you know what? They shouldn't have that. They need to know that it happens. I read your article and I was, this was not one time, this was multiple abuses over years. And, and so people gotta understand that it isn't just so quick to do this. And I, no. and I really, that really changed me when you said that. So I want people to understand this and I wanted it to come out of somebody that actually knows and has felt it and has their life changed because of this and then coming out of that dark hole after it's happened. And, it is and, a process, it is a process. And it, it's uh, life-changing for the um, predator when the allegations are made and they must go through the investigative uh, process, um, which is done by very educated um, investigators, some of them as former FBI agents. And um, it, it is a devastating thing for the victim to have to stand there and take the negative abuse uh, on social media. No one knows what that person went through. No one knows what is in the heart of the person that is the uh, uh, editor. And um, you're never going to see it. It is behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. um, and thinking that just because it wasn't yesterday, therefore it wasn't important, it's very important, as you have seen in so many, so many different industries. Look at what happened in the church. Look at what's happening in the entertainment world. Look at what happens in the office. Um, it, it happens to adults in, in an abuse of power, but I have to say that children are easy prey. Yeah. Um, and they are manipulated 
there are promises made, there's attention given, and uh, they are so susceptible. And creditors know this. And they want, and they want to, they want to be at the top of their sport, and so this is a way for them, you know, to get there. That's, you know, and to accept it, and to be thinking that they're, they're special. So they go on, and they get to ride the better horses, and they get the better training, and you know, and those types it's of things. A, it's a this for that. So if uh, I will give you this, if you do what I say, if you don't do what I say, I will take it away from you. For many young children, it's about, and for me, it was the love of my first horse. And um, for others, it is, and, and the spirit itself meant nothing to me. It was the animal that meant everything to me. For many, it is the desire to be at the top of the sport. And that, of course, depends on how far along you are in your training. And in some sports where the athletes are very, very young, much younger mm -hmm. um, in, in training uh, than perhaps even show jumping, which is an early specialized sport. Um, but the gymnastics is the same. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you, you are going to find that that is where a lot of abuse happens. Diane, um, I, I hate to interrupt you. It's a, this is a really important topic, but unfortunately we are at the end of our segment. We would welcome you uh, back on the show uh, in the future to talk some more. I, I definitely have some more questions for you on, yes. a, I think, what is a, a very important topic. But we thank you for um, for joining us very, today very and, uh, and very, definitely very definitely like to have you back again, Diane Langer, and uh, answer some more questions for us. Thank you for joining us. we got to go to break. We'll be back in just a few okay. minutes with Yvonne Bartow from Horses Without Humans. Stay with us Thank on you. the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm Chevrolet. Back in just a few minutes. This show is brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and services hassle-free and easier than ever, with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. This show is brought to you in part by Horse Boxers USA, the newest and most advanced way to safely transport your horses in style. Horse Boxers USA comes standard with a backup camera, horse cabin camera, and dual fans. Visit them at JJ Tax Shop on Highway 40 in Ocala or online at horseboxesusa.com. This show is sponsored in part by All In Removal. Like jockey and horse, shavings delivery and manure removal go together naturally and are the green natural solution too. All In Removal offers a great way to save you money combining the two services of quality pine shavings delivery and manure container rental and removal. Great service, great quality and the green choice too. Like All In Removal on Facebook now or go to allinremoval.com for more information. 
This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. This show is sponsored in part by Earthsong Ranch, improving and restoring health since 1998 through the health of your horses, dogs, and cats with natural probiotic-based supplements, herbal dewormers, all-natural fly sprays, joint supplements, plus Earthsong Ranch is a great resource for health information. Find Earthsong Ranch on Facebook or at earthsongranch.com. This show is sponsored in part by Equisin. When visiting the horse capital of the world, you want to stay at a hotel that reminds you of what you love about Ocala, the horses. Stay tuned to this show for announcements about the renovations to be completed fall 2019 at the Equisin by following them on Facebook and Instagram at Equisin. This show is sponsored in part by Hilton Garden Inn. Downtown Louisville, only five miles from Churchill Downs, Enjoy the two most exciting minutes in sports, plus a hearty breakfast and a mimosa, and let Hilton Garden Inn do the rest. Book for Derby 2020 now! Our Facebook broadcast sponsor is Lawson Farms. The Lawson Farms mission is simple, to be the leader in quality and value. Richard, owner of Lawson Farms, is committed to a positive attitude, integrity, dedication, quality, and teamwork. Lawson Farms is committed to being your supplier of Idaho's finest alfalfa, a complete line of mixed and grass hay. Lawson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I need it. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Lawson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm in the studio with Paulette Stout. And I have two. <laughs> What she's trying to say is that we are in the horse capital of the world. <clears throat> yeah, you should be here. We should do bloopers on break time. <laughs> bloopers with Paulette Stout. Um, we're going to wrap it up. This is the final segment of the show. Um, we were reach, trying to reach Yvonne. We're actually running a little bit behind in the time that I gave us. So she is probably out rescuing some horses um, from that horses gave me a leg without cramp. humans. <laughs> And uh, we're so thankful for her. to her. We actually had a, an awareness party last weekend for the horses at her house. Um, we dressed up as a variety of different things. I should have put those photos up for this segment uh, so that you could, you? Uh, so you could see us all dressed up. But it was an awareness event um, for the horses and uh, it was very successful and I think it helped. Uh, it, it all helps. We're just trying to get awareness of horses without humans and their rescue recently of the uh, boneyard horses 19 horses that they rescued and uh, the veterinarians did not think they were going to survive and all of them have survived some have been adopted out already and they've done an absolutely beautiful job with those horses but the adoptable horse of the week is genesis a 10 year old 15 hand paint mare lovely on the trails started over fences has been ridden english and western as well as in lessons with kids um, is in training and does uh, very well having just having a job um, she's a great horse for a young student in a training program that wants to continue on and has tons of chrome for the show ring and can go in any direction so 
Uh, very exciting. Um, I don't know, actually. Well, then you need to call about all that stuff then. Yes, that's a, that, those are questions and yep. uh, very good questions. And horseswithouthumans.org uh, is the website so that you can, uh, you can follow them uh, and their adventures as they continue uh, to rescue uh, more horses. And, uh, and you can follow them on Facebook as well. Some of the great stories, you get to see the horses that, uh, that have been rescued as they progress. I got to meet Rain a couple weeks ago and just incredible that horse was uh, literally lying on the ground, bag of bones, bless her, couldn't even get up to eat, took six That's people awful. to get her up off the ground. And, uh, and I got to interview her. Uh, out in the field and uh, she was very happy to be alive and very grateful to this incredible organization that uh, continues to do this amazing work and Yvonne and her team have more than 50 rescue horses out there uh, in Bell and uh, just doing a phenomenal job bringing those horses back she to is life. very special and her mission is one horse at a time and one after the another mm -hmm. just unbelievable I know she's she's uh, she's amazing and she's awesome and her team too, Jan Cephalo and the, and the, all the guys that George and everybody mm -hmm. else that helps out there uh, mm -hmm. at the rescue doing an absolutely incredible job. Wanna talk about their event. We've mm -hmm. been mentioning it every week, uh, the first weekend in December. I'm going to be the Snow Queen. You're the Snow Queen? I'm the Snow Queen. I'm what narrating the part of the Snow Queen, um, but I'll also be in the ballroom. I thought she scene. was the Snow Queen. I'm narrating, apparently I'm narrating the Snow Queen's part. I guess, I don't know. That's my job, I'm the Snow Queen. Anyway, this is Spirit of the Horse 2019. Um, it's gonna be the first weekend in December. It's gonna be at the Canterbury Show uh, place and it's gonna be absolutely beautiful, beautiful show, three nights in a row. Uh, they are professionals. General admission is only $10, front row. General admission, 20. Uh, and there's some VIP as well uh, available, but um, we've got a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday show. Uh, it's the 6th, 7th and 8th and uh, we'd love to fill that Canterbury Showplace up with people and all of the funds from that will go to the rescue horses so everybody's volunteering their time or their voice or their um, so anything 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 they can do to and, I, and she and said something and about that they're going to have people there with food and yeah. different oh yeah um, it's going to be a wonderful evening it's mm -hmm. going to be incredible um, an amazing performance everybody will love it and uh, as I said all the money uh, will go to benefit the charity so that's um, that's an incredible event definitely everybody should be at that and I think they'll really enjoy mm -hmm. enjoy themselves it's been a great show um, everything from Shetland ponies that I've never seen Shetland ponies. She does ever, a lot of Andalusians. Like that. Andalusians, and she, she has a dressage background, so I'm sure. Gonna, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, she does. She's, Long list she's of a the Olympic team. Oh, yes. Yeah. So those horses are going to be really well trained. Yes. Oh, they are beautifully trained. And mm -hmm. her, um, she teaches and, and mm -hmm. has horses boarded there that are in training with her for, yeah. for dressage. And she has a top dressage horse out there that's mm -hmm. competed at high levels. So, mm -hmm. yes, it's. Uh, it's I a, can't wait she uses see. the money from the from training the horses and the her program to, there to fund to the, the rescue. So um, it's a labor of love, no mm -hmm. doubt. Mm -hmm. um, but a great show today. We had some great guests. Um, awesome. The Shetland ponies. Um, I would love to put a photograph up right now if I could of what I think a Shetland pony looks like. I can't believe Those that because I when I saw them incredible. at Live Oak and I thought, what 
are they? Because they were so well built. I thought well they built. were maybe, I don't know what I thought they were, but they didn't look like any Shetland ponies I had when I was little. No, because they were usually short, fat, and real thick mane that you can't do anything with. Yes. you got to almost shave half it off, you know. I know. I, I've never seen a Shetland pony look like that. Yeah. Incredible, beautiful little yeah. ponies. So and hopefully I'll get a chance to go out there and, um, mm -hmm. and learn how to do that, because that looks like fun. Mm -hmm. Flying yeah. around those cones and those, yeah. in that little cart. It's amazing, you know, being at Live Oak and, and knowing that they were just, they had talked about going to the World Cup or whatever. Well, look at that, and they did. And yeah, they did, and did really well. And to go and be in the Netherlands for three for months? For three months. I'm game. Oh my God, I can't believe it. I mean, it's just an experience, yeah. yeah so, so. Um, and, and having John Holling here was wonderful meeting Jen. Uh, of course, they'll, uh, they'll be at the uh, Ocala Jockey Club November 14th, 17. Don't forget, uh, you've got to get out there and enjoy that. It's a wonderful family event, whether you do the tailgating, you do the VIP. Um, the VIP is very British in, in the clubhouse and, and uh, have a good time all weekend or uh, uh, and there's the website for you if you're watching on Facebook, OJC3DE.com. Mm -hmm. You can uh, go on there and get your tickets and whether you do the tailgating, the VIP, or just go out there and, and do a picnic and enjoy yourself. There's vendors out there. There's a vendor village. Uh, the competition's what's, what's amazing. What's the vendors like? Are they all horse but, stuff? Um, Are they clothing? Majority, Are they hats? Yeah, there's a variety of all I sorts of things. Horse yeah. Boxes USA is always out there in the vendor village. Um, there's a variety of clothing and show things. Tax Shack of Ocala's. Uh, was uh, involved and so do they bring stuff out too? there's a lot of wonderful vendors stuff out there it's a lot buy. of fun and there's food and there's kids area and there's games and there's um it's, it's just so much fun it's the most beautiful wonderful weather in on the prettiest place i think in florida 900 acres second highest point in florida uh, it's out, it's out, it <laughs> How is. do you know those things? Second highest just, point is Florida. The sunset. So, so how many feet above sea level is that? Oh, you're so funny. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> it's high and far. the sunsets are incredible I'm telling you you've never seen a sunset like you haven't been out there no you oh. know I don't leave the farm you need to leave the farm more often. Need she only leave leaves the farm for the I horse talk show by the way <laughs> I mean, I feel like blessed and privileged, but at the same time, I think if this is it for you, this is it. <laughs> Normally. Yes. <laughs> anyway, it's been a great show. It's been interesting. We're definitely going to check more into the safe sport. We definitely have a lot more questions. We about have a that. lot of That's questions um, on the safe sport. And I think because it is, it is so... Um, people have a lot of questions about it and i think they really need to understand the process and i think they i think they don't want to believe in it because they don't understand the process and because it's a it's a sensitive nature and you can't just expose everything look it's like anything it's it's just like when the disqualification happened at the kentucky derby i can compare it to that there was a lot of people who once they understood it didn't have a problem with it there's a lot of people who still had a problem with it but when people don't understand and they and don't that, have clarity and, that's and they feel what needs like, to happen. Yes. And you know, I, because of the sense of nature, they have said to me, well, go read about it. It's on there. There's, there's things. And I'm like, people don't do that. But sometimes you can read things and not really have the feel for it on really, really what it is. Somebody explaining, somebody that's a victim, somebody that can explain what's happened, why. And you know, it's, it's a, probably a good program. It's government mandated. Um, you know, people are probably worried about that because there's no statute of limitations. Right. So they might be coming for you. Right. 
you see from something 30 or 40 years ago yeah, that and maybe that you, you even that you, you think about. that you think that you're safe and you're not because that's what safe sport means it's safe it's a safe place for people to go that you can report that you can be safe well the good news on it and here's the real positive side that i see is moving forward there's going to be a balance for she, kids now where yes, there is more yes, protection for the more future protection. and that i'm all for yes. because i feel like young people now in the world are even more in my opinion are even more in danger than they've ever been because i think of social so too media and because i think of, so too and the having social, rules everything. and having regulations and having trainers being overly careful about what they're doing but to and not understand what abuse is and right. these children or anybody can start to see what abuse is and that's what those videos are about that we i'm going to be a lot more careful in watching these videos because i got to take safe sport again and it's coming up that i have to have that in order to show with uscf so i'm going to really watch those videos more than i did last year which i always thought why was i doing this but yet now i really really understand it's education why it's and awareness and it's very it is important to keep the kids safe so yep. um, um, so for that part, I'm glad moving forward. Well, I want to, to say see. one thing. She said we need to change our culture, and it's going to take a long time. And this is the first step. And I think that's extremely important to say is to change our culture. You know, can I tell you, before we wrap up, my father has been telling me my entire life to avoid the appearance of anything that you're not supposed to be doing and to avoid doing it and so those are the things that if you do both of those things then you will have a problem with safe sport moving forward so avoid anything that appears to be inappropriate and don't do anything inappropriate and you'll have your bases all covered and uh and that i think going forward is good protection for for all of our kids no matter whether you're a gymnast or you're a equestrian or whatever you're in we all mm -hmm. want our kids to be safe we also got to be aware of where our kids are and who they're with and that's a parent's job so that goes back to parenting as well so you know my mom used to drop me off at the barn all day long and i you know and come back for me at whatever time at night or drop me off at the fox hunt or at the pub with you know all the guys that were riding the horses and i mean i was on my pony and i was i was a teenager you know yeah so um so you know the the world has changed and we we have to be, the we world have to be very changed. aware of of mm -hmm. those things and mm -hmm. not put our kids in an unsafe situation so there's a parenting part to that too mm -hmm. got to wrap this up whether you are fortunate enough to be in Ocala, Marion County, Florida, the horse capital of the world or not, happy horsing around. Until the same time next week, Paulette and I will be back. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show.